0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Logan. How are you, Logan?
1: Evening, Alex. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, another interesting week in football, and I guess um, you know, it, whilst it wasn't exactly the most um, you know, amazing result for us, not taking the three points, although you know there's a case that it's not that important at this point in time, um, it was a very entertaining game to watch, and um,
0: yeah, it's been a good week. Yeah, look, another week down, um, only the one game to go until the end of the season, so we'll um, be previewing that a little bit later on. But, look, as you say, I mean, um, not taking the three points against Swansea, but a side that was chasing a place in the top six coming into the game, um, obviously they needed to win those final two games. um, To score after the three minutes as we did, Um, Vaughan, another really impressive display, I thought, to set the goal up, whether it's an own goal or a two-fan goal, However you view it, um, I thought that was a, a bit of terrific play from him, and and look, we didn't look out of place again. And once again, I think you know, sort of a common theme, we, we didn't look out of place against one of these sort of better sides in the division, and it, it can only bode well for next season.
1: Yeah, well, I want to start by saying it was definitely a two fan goal. There's no way that uh, I, I think that could be chalked up as an own goal. Uh, when you see the quality of the the cross, I mean, the position Vaughan got himself in to to thread the ball back, and yeah, look, I, I mean, I can see why it gets awarded, but the, the hard work was done. It wasn't calamitous or anything like that. It was, um, you know, it was, it was a well worked, um, you know, city move and a um, bit of individual brilliance and a, and a very cool finish. So, definitely a two fan goal. Um, and yeah, I agree. I think that that's, you know, the, a very common theme that we've talked about recently. Um, the, the football quality seems to have stepped up. There's a real brand of, of city football. And um, you know we, we certainly look like we are um, you know not just a threat on um, on the attacking side of the field, but look to be defending a lot a lot better. I mean, um, who was it that we got put away? Was it was a Burnley. It was it was quite a convincing yeah. loss. Um, you know, away well, it fa- feels like a fair way um, back now, uh, but. Uh, it really doesn't feel like this particular city team, and the way we're playing at the moment. Um, you know, we're in any any real danger of being put away by any side. So, um, yeah, it was it was a, a very impressive performance. A little bit disappointing when um, when Swansea did get their equaliser because I thought we were you know on top for for large portions of the match and um, and really looked to be uh, playing with great confidence. So. Um, it was just a little bit disappointing when they were able to get that angled ball in the box and um and finish across um uh finish across uh the, the the keeper it was just it was disappointing, but um overall, I thought it was you know another
0: fairly solid city performance, yeah, considering it was Swansea who had more to play for in this one, it was a bit surprising that we were seemingly the ones more on top and, and more likely to score a second goal. Um, than them, especially in that second half. I mean, I'm thinking of the fact that Tufan had that shot that rattled the crossbar. Um, we had Slater had a pretty snatch shot across goal as well. There was there's that chance it fell to Doherty where, I mean, for Doherty's sake, he's pretty lucky that it was actually flagged offside because he's missed a pretty, pretty much one-on-one with the keeper um, opportunity, which you think on any other day he's putting that one away. So he's sort of spared a few blushes by the fact that the offside flag goes up. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and I mean, if it was a different point in the season or we we're in a, a different position, and it was it was critical, I think that I would be very quick to to point that that chance out. But as you said, the the flag probably did save him in this particular instance.
0: That's it. Um, I guess the other big thing—I mean, we sort of touched on him already—but Harry Vaughan's performance again, um, absolutely outstanding, and he's just coming on in leaps and bounds. And the one almost frustration that I've got is it, is, it seems like his teammates aren't. Um, aren't trusting him or aren't recognising his ability as quickly as maybe we'd we'd like to see it. Because I I can think of a few cases where, you know, Elders not either getting the ball out wide to him to let him use the space and width, which he used so well in that third-minute assist for Tufan, or you had the chance that fell to Ali where the space opened up on that side for Vaughan to be played in so easily And, and Ali's taking the shot on himself. It just feels a little bit like the teammates are sitting there going... You know, he's this, he's this kid in the side and he's not someone we can really rely on. But he's showing when he gets the ball that he, he certainly can be relied on.
1: Uh, without a doubt. And I I, I did actually think that, uh, particularly um, with the Ali opportunity. Um, and, and I don't know if that's maybe uh, an element of Ali as well. I and mean, He's kind of looking for, he's that X-factor player who probably likes to take, um, you know, defenders on himself anyway and, and does have an air of confidence. But, yeah, you're right. Vaughn has just uh, appeared on the scene with with such a um a level of confidence and like seeming momentum, but it's like you know this is a player that I, I guarantee those more uh, senior and established players didn't expect to to find um you know having such a pivotal role towards the back end of the season. So I think there's probably an element of shock um even even amongst that that playing group that it's like oh hold on a second like oh yeah Harry Vaughn's up there in that position. Um, when this is someone who's, you know, incredibly young that they've probably been training with but just didn't expect, you know, him to flourish the way he has. And so the fact that he's putting himself in those positions and, um, you know, <laughs> and, and and contributing not just in the game of like he's, you know, having a few positive touches, he's now a, a very likely goal threat and, uh, you know, a seemingly a uh, very clear uh, Opportunists for uh, for assists as well. It's I think it's as much of a shock to them as it is to us. But yeah, you're right. It's going to take time for um for for them to build that trust because of of the player that he is. But equally, I thought the um the post match interview uh, maybe if it wasn't this game, it was the one before um, where he was he was asked about that. They said, "What what does your off season look like?" and because he's such a young, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and surprised player, he's kind of like, oh, um, yeah, I guess I'll just work hard and I'm, I'm loving football. I hope I get back into it. So um, it seems very, very grounded and um, I'm really excited. I know I've, I've said this the last couple of, of weeks that I've been on the podcast and I'm sure that sentiment is is shared by many City fans, but I just cannot wait to see the player that he, that he turns out to be. Um, he, yeah. He's showing incredibly promising signs and the fact that he's having as much of an influence on games already
0: um, definitely bodes well for the future. And something else boding well for the future, another big blockbuster crowd at the at the MKM, 23 or 20, I think it was 23,000 in attendance. Um, we've seen some awesome crowds the last couple of home games and really hopefully it kicks on for next season. I think there's been some talk about whether they have the West Upper open on a permanent basis and um, if they've got the crowds or the demand for that to be the case, that, that can only be a positive sign for for bigger crowds to come next season. I'm sure that there's a sellout of twenty five thousand, twenty five and a half thousand sellout crowd just around the corner next season. Oh, there has to be!
1: And look, I mean, if you if you follow the city socials and you saw on uh, Instagram, I think it was uh, probably on Facebook as well, but the the lap that Rosinier and um, and Ajourn, uh, you know did with the players and uh, the city fans, you know, w- with their with their Turkish flags, you know, and singing, singing to both the owner and the and the gaffer. Like, it's just incredible scenes when when we consider, you know, what we've witnessed at the KCOM or MKM or whatever it is these days over the last uh, you know few years. Um, it, it's just a, an incredibly fascinating site. And it's great to see, um, I guess it's that, that age-old age homage where it's like, you know, um, if you love us, we'll love you back. And it, it certainly seems to be that way. Um, and look, you're right, 25,000 25, seat around the corner. It, it definitely appears if the ticket pricing stays the same and the feedback from the fans um, is, is listened to, which it, it appears to be. Um, I don't think there's any reason why we can't expect to see you know the West Upper open and 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 it really um, you know packed to the
0: packed to the rafters, no doubt. Uh, look, so my votes for this game for our MVP, which we will announce um, probably not next week because the voting is actually very close this year. So it will be in our season review um, a couple of weeks from now. <clears throat> um, We'll do yeah. our votes for this game and then the Luton game next week. Um, so I gave Vaughan the three votes. I thought, you know, following on from his positive displays in previous games, I thought he was an absolute standout in this one again. Um, obviously, as we've said, setting up that first goal and just looking dangerous, getting into the right positions, making the right runs um, and really offering a lot going forward. Um, two fan for the two votes um, for, you know, whether you say he, he scored the goal, um, had the chance rattling off the crossbar, um, also had a chance, we didn't really talk about it, but um, he, he arguably should have been one-on-one with the keeper, but the, the ref's blown him for a, what I thought was a pretty soft foul on the defender to pull yeah. him up, but um, could have had a very um, positive or um, big opportunity in that case as well. Um, and then I went Grease for the one vote, who I think um, he's slotted back in at centre-back the last couple of games, and it's as if he's never left.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that you went that way because I tried to check myself because I think I gave Vaughn the three votes uh, potentially last week because I was uh, – or maybe it was only two votes, but I was very excited by him and probably um, over overpraised his, uh, his performance. So I, I tried to regulate myself a little bit this time, but I actually went too fan for my three votes. I thought uh, that he had some really, really key moments and he's just become a player of – or the player of influence that we knew he could be. Um, and so for that reason, I, I gave him three. Um, I had Vaughn as two votes and um, it, it did take every ounce of, ounce of energy to, to not give him the three. Um, and Graves was my one vote. I agree. I thought Graves was solid again. And, you know, only a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about whether he leaves the club where the bids will come in. Um, and it just seems that, yeah, those, these last couple of performances at centre back have, have proven that he still has a role and he's still part of the plans for the future. So, you know, I'm not saying that that's off the table. I still think that um, if the right bid came in, we'd listen to it. Uh, but uh, he definitely does seem to have kind of reestablished his his position in in uh, in the squad. So uh, Graves was my one one point, and I thought he was he was solid as well.
0: Well, speaking of Graves, i will talk um, award winners now because City did have our, our awards night during the week, um, where we saw Graves awarded the Young Player of the Year. By the club which was pretty great to see for him um and then we saw uh, slater clean up with the supporters player of the year and the players player of the year as well uh and alfie jones taking out the overall player of the year as awarded by Resenia. Um, and doherty winning goal of the season against blackpool i, I did notice when i saw all the um, award winners come out they're all players that we signed or, or blooded in that league one season so um it does show somewhat you know despite all the turnover in the signings last summer that core of the squad is still very much that that League One um, core, which which isn't a negative; it's a positive that we did manage to sign so many you know strong characters and strong players in that season who've sort of come up that division with us. And it's you know it, as we've said before, you know the importance of a promotion squad in having that strong core of personalities and and that tight knit group um, is really pivotal. Um, I mean, you know, we saw at City back two decades ago when you've got your core of Myel, Ashby, um, France and um, Dawson, of course, um, coming through from League 2 to the Premier League with us and, and, you know, potentially not to the same effect with these guys coming from League 1 to the Premier League with us again, but you've got these guys who've stepped up a division and, and they're still showing their, you know, contributions and ability in the championship for us.
1: Oh, without a doubt, and I think that that's you know we've we've seen different methods of how teams have gone about their business with with how to get promoted and how to stay in leagues. But yeah, you're right. Those particularly in the lower tiers or the the you know second and third divisions, it, it really does kind of speak to the the need for chemistry as opposed to you know star player um, kind of or star power. I would I would say. Um, and yeah, that's uh, very much. I mean, in in the long term, you kind of look at it and go, "Was going down to League One a bit of a blessing in disguise?" Because it has actually, you know, caused us to go and look at a different player market, um, and certainly look to some, um, you know, very exciting youth prospects. And as we've started to bring them through, um, they've almost matured in in their playing ability as we've gone back up to the Championship. And you know, I, I think that. We'll, we'll probably talk about this as we, we set up next season. But, you know, if our goal this year was to to stay, uh, to stay in the division and, you know, finish around mid-table, which I think was what most of us kind of shot for, well then, given what we're seeing at the moment, anything short of, you know, playoff positions will be,
0: um, you know, a disappointment. Yeah, no doubt. Were you a little bit surprised at Alfie Jones taking out player of the year? I mean, I was... I was surprised only in the sense that i think he's had a he's certainly had an underrated season um but i think for example sean mclaughlin next team in the defense who's had an outstanding season as well um i think of slater himself he's, he's taken out the other two player of the year um awards or Greaves as well there's there's a few other options i think might have um or, or I, I i think as you mentioned before we went to air you know oscar scoring all the goals early in the season to really sort of set us up for this season um, I, I'm not just not to say that Jones didn't deserve it at all. I was just I, I, it's, it was a little bit of a left field one for me.
1: Look, it's a, it was been an incredibly patchy season. I think when I kind of reflect, I feel like we've had you know so many periods where, as we've talked, you know, on the podcast, there was relegation fears at some stage. There was you know obviously the managerial change. We um, you know even even players that have come in uh, as as kind of late into the season as they can. I mean, Teddy. Has, has had games where he looks like our best player by a mile but then you know he gets a red card then he's suspended then he's injured again and it's just it's been really clunky um yeah as, as i said lost opinion his goal scoring record um heading into the christmas break, break was was absurd i think he was you know leading the the championship goal scoring race for quite yeah. some time before um you know i think akpom over overtook him but it, it's it's things like that where you just go oh wow like it's it feels like it's been a long season but there hasn't really been um another standout except for maybe Regan slater who i think's played well above himself and we've just really seen the kind of emergence of of a player who was um maybe underrated who probably you know did his job and um you know, it certainly wasn't highly regarded by uh, Sheffield in in the way that they let him come to ask for peanuts. But um, he's really, you know, shown how much of an important part of the squad he is. And, and I can see why he picked up the the supporters um, playing award. But, yeah, Jones was an interesting one. And I, I agree with you. He hasn't been bad. Um, I just don't think he's been so exceptional that we're all, you know, unanimously going, oh, it's definitely got to be Jones. So interesting one, patchy season. Um and, yeah,
0: it's, I think it is what it is. And uh, without without too much of a spoiler, and, and I think there is he's still in with a shout for hours, last two seasons, interestingly enough, our player of the season has lined up with the player of the season as awarded by the club. And I think this year for the first time we might actually be going for a different player, which I think is actually to your point, that it's been such a patchy season where at different times different players have really stood out. Um, and I think, you know, I think... Um, having looked at who's leading ours, I think it's probably a player who's sort of trucked along, played the majority of games um, and picked up votes here and there, rather than someone who's had um, particularly outstanding games. Not to say that this player hasn't, but uh, look, we'll see who that might end up being in a couple of weeks' time. Um, Mm -hmm. But then we'll we'll sort of, we'll finish things off looking ahead to that Luton game. But before that, um, we'll do a round of Who Am I? I think just about the last, or we'll probably do one more next week before we... um, Retire the game for this season, but if you're ready for this edition, let's do it. Okay. Now, this one's a little bit of a tricky one. So, let's see how we go with this one. Um, played 78 games for City and I scored 12 goals.
1: Oh, that's, that's quite prolific for, for City ranks. Uh, 78 games. We're looking at uh, maybe one and a half to two seasons, um, 12 goals. Okay. I I wonder if this is kind of in the ilk of um who our front three we had Malik Wilkes um he wouldn't have played too many games. Um uh, who was the third. Mm. Uh, without knowing the the era, this one is
0: this one is tough. Uh, yeah. It's Go. I was just going to say it's funny because yeah, just like just like you just did there, Dan's the same where he'll automatically go or oh, super recent and we'll try and think of recent players. So maybe I'll I'll tell you the years that might um, help narrow it down a bit. Yep. So I joined City in 2010, so that's the Nigel Pearson yeah. season, yeah. Um, and yep. I left in 2013. But um, but I'd had a I'd had a loan spell with Millwall in the 2011-2012 season while I was at City. Which I actually that that, that doesn't help because I had no idea he'd gone to Millwall. Wow. Well, um, uh, so he was still he was still there when we got promoted under Bruce. Yep. But he joined um, under Nigel Pearson. Cheers.
1: Okay. Um, I I feel like this is the. Did, did this player go on to become rather prolific after us? No. Okay. <laughs> Who are you thinking? I was, I, I was thinking? I was thinking Marty Waghorn, but only because I thought it could have been Marty Waghorn, but m- maybe even like Josh King. But I don't know if that was the time period. I, I that Even though it feels like it wasn't that long ago, it, you now kind of realize that in 2023, it, it was a long time ago. <laughs> um, and I, I'm just trying to think who the who the goal scorers would have been around that time. I know that Robert Corrin would have been a, a source of goals for us then, but um, b- but that might have been kind of the the start of when when he was prolific at City. Um, I mean, like Jay Simpson was there, but um, I don't know if he scored 12 goals. I remember he was. or well, was he there under Bruce? Um, who else was
0: up front with Jay Simpson? There was.
1: Uh, the main look, game I, I
0: remember Jay Simpson for is there was a Bristol City televised game under Bruce where he yep. and he and Aluko both scored like in the first 15 minutes or something. And it was like yeah. they did this like intricate one, two pass goal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there was Matty Fry. Um, I know we've had Aaron McLean as an answer. We have yeah. Before, and I don't think he was around that time. This one, this one stumps me. It's um, Robbie Brady was around for longer than that, uh, and came later in the Bruce. team. Uh, this is this is tough. Um, do you do you want to go with one of the players you've mentioned? Because you, you yeah might look, be Jay, than Jay, you Jay Simpson's the closest I can go, um, but I don't I don't know if seventy eight games sounds right 78 for
0: games for jay simpson is correct it is jay oh, simpson wow. yeah wow yes. 78 games 12 goals um was with us from 2010 to 2013 so he left he was one of the players that left when we got promoted to the premier league and i think he's i think his probably most prolific spell was in thailand or somewhere i want to say i don't think he did a whole lot after us
1: yes. I, I do remember under bruce he was incredibly prolific for like uh, maybe 4 or 5 weeks and, yeah, and everyone that, was that's like that's so, sign him sign him and and steve bruce was like pretty adamant they've been like look we'll we'll wait and see like yeah. you know bruce he has a lot of his his old man clichés that are the very traditional football sayings and i remember one of them was like you know one hot day doesn't make a long summer and like it, it, we'll see how they're playing when the um <laughs> when the sun comes back out like all that kind of stuff yeah. and so I just remember him being adamant that it wasn't time to sign Jay Simpson, and in the end, that was that was a masterstroke, and yeah, you know, we we saw the fruits of of Brucey scouting. I'm I'm surprised by that. That was a that was a definite blind stab. So I'm no, glad that was, it was very. Wrong. It,
0: I just found it funny that you brought up his name and almost immediately dismissed him, and I was like, oh, don't be so quick. But yeah, look, it was that it was probably that spell that I was thinking of with that Bristol City game, where he and Aluko up front seemed to work really well together. And then I think Aluko got injured and, and Simpsons probably fell off a bit as well. And what we went out and got Boyd and um, ghetto and stuff like that to sort of step in and fill the void. But uh, look, there you go. And and to your
1: point, I certainly didn't remember him going on loan to Millwall. That, uh, yeah, no, I did complain. <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that's it. That's it. Um, All right. Well, look, it's the final game of the season against Luton. Um, they're sitting in third. They can't move from third. Um, I think we can probably move up a little bit in the table I'll have a look while we talk Um, but it is definitely one of those games that really doesn't have a whole lot on the line Um, what I would say is it'll be interesting because I think for Luton they'll probably be rotating the squad a little bit um, you know managing the players ahead of the playoffs certainly not looking for any injuries so won't be a very high tempo game from them. Um, yeah, look, it looks like, I mean, we could we could fall below Bristol City in 15th, but really we can't catch Watford in 13th. So we're, we're pretty much, if we get something out of this game, we're pretty much going to finish um, in 13th, I believe. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, 14th. Um, so, look, it's a tricky one from that point of view to get too excited about, but but I sort of view it in a similar way to the Swansea game. As it's a good chance for us to say, sort, sort of like last season with that game against Forest on the final day, it's a good chance for us to say you know this is a team potentially in a couple of weeks will be a Premier League club let's go out yeah. and see what we can do and really set ourselves for next season
1: a hundred percent and look it's also uh,
0: on the on the flip side of that it's
1: a it's a great opportunity to to go out with a free hit and and play some you know players who probably haven't had as many minutes in the last couple of weeks knowing that you know really the result is kind of null and void and irrelevant and um I know that they've talked about um or Rasenya's talked about, uh, Simons will almost definitely start. Uh, okay. So you can you can kind of expect that change to um, to be made. So I wouldn't be surprised to see us freshen up the squad and, and just go there and, you know, play with a, a level of confidence knowing that it doesn't really matter too much. But I do think that we'll keep a good account of ourselves. I don't think that uh, we'll treat it as a, you know, throwaway game, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see some fresh faces when the when the team sheet comes out.
0: Yeah, I did see from um, Dawson's comments that Slater's potentially a doubt, um, picked up a knock in training, um, so might be out for this one. But Oscar's been back in training, and so there's a chance that he could actually be back for this one, which would be pretty interesting. I don't I don't know if I'd need to see Oscar come back in. I don't know if we'd really want to risk him in a game that, as you say, just has, has nothing attached to it. Um, it looks yeah. like Connolly's still missing, so that sort of starts to raise questions about whether we even – pursue him permanently if he's if he's really been struggling with a couple of injuries um but as you say you know Simon's coming into the team um you know no no doubt that probably Elder and Coyle start again um sort of starting to hear word that Coyle and um uh who's the other one well Coyle definitely getting a new contract sounds quite likely Jones I think was the other one definitely going to get a new contract which potentially suggests from the absence of any comments that maybe Doherty and Elder aren't going to get contracts. So whether they do start as farewell appearances or um, or what we do with that could be a bit interesting. Um, but as you say, yeah, probably just freshen the team up.
1: Yeah, I think that's what to expect. And, uh, you know, fair play to Luton. I know that they were kind of there or thereabouts last season and, um, you know, I think they might have just missed out in the playoffs or maybe they mm. did.
0: Uh, I think they might have. Oh, that's a good question. Like they might have either just missed out, or I think they might have lost in the semi-final. Because I know they semi because I remember Ingram went there on an emergency loan. That's right.
1: Um, yeah. But yeah, they they certainly look like they've um, you know timed their run at the back end of the season, and they've have, have been playing um, you know excellently. It would be one of those teams that I I wouldn't be surprised to to see go up. Um, but equally, if they don't go up, I also wouldn't be surprised to see them languishing down the back end of the championship next season, similar to um, I think Barnsley maybe last season or the season before.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only thing on that I'd say is Luton just strike me as such a well-run club that I think, yeah. I think even if they don't get promoted this season, I think you're like they they could certainly drop off because they have one of the smaller squads and smaller budgets, and there's a lot of big, you know, you look at the teams potentially coming down from the Premier League and. Maybe an Everton, maybe a Leeds, maybe a Leicester. Um, there'll be some big budgets flying around the Championship next season, which could make it quite difficult for them. But I, I, I couldn't see them going all the way down like a Barnsley or a Huddersfield and being in trouble of relegation. But yes, yeah, certainly mid-table is is potentially on the cards if they can't um, can't get it together and get up this season.
1: Yeah, so it's an interesting point that you you say as well when you look at the Premier League now the clubs that inevitably will be coming down to the championship next season are, uh, you know, looking like very big clubs. And so uh, I think the the championship may be levelling up uh, next season, which, you know, makes the the challenge even more interesting as we
0: already start to assume we'll be in the playoff picture. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, look, maybe round things off with a, um, a score prediction for this one or, or how you see our chances for this one, and, and then we can start to look ahead to next season.
1: Oh, this is a, an absolute, you know, <laughs> Blind throw at the at the dartboard. I look. I think it's going to be. Uh, um, I think it's going to be a pretty open game. I don't think there's, because there's too much riding on. I don't think we'll. I could see it being high scoring. I reckon it's probably going to be three two or three all or something like that. But look, let's be confident. Let's go to Luton. Let's say we win three two on the final day.
0: That's it. I'm happy to back that as well. Have a few goals and a bit of entertainment. I'm sure the travelling supporters will um, get dressed up and enjoy themselves. So hopefully, it's a nice, entertaining affair for them. Um, but look, thank you for joining me for this one, Logan. Yeah, my pleasure, Alex. Good to be here. And thanks everyone for listening. in. yeah, we'll be back next week to uh, to review that Luton game, um, and then we'll probably have um, our end of season review probably coming out around the same time as the playoff final, so we can. So then end the championship season at the same time and, and look ahead to next season before we uh, take a well-earned break over the winter months for us, uh, the summer months over in the UK. Uh, but until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black.